Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Hello, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-identifying, binary, space alien, amoebazo, whatever the heck you identify as. Thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. Danny Brothers Show, episode 137, uh, or something. I have no idea what episode it is. It is very late in the evening when I'm recording this on a wonderful Friday, wet, cold, rainy, central Georgia evening. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the, this episode of the podcast, episode of the Standing Brothers Show. Very happy to have you guys here. Flying solo today, Joe um, is out for this episode as per the pre or for the older Friday episodes. I'm going by myself, which should be fun. So you can listen to my annoying voice for the next hour of your life. And um, I hope it is a good one for you guys. Guys, hope you're having a great, great, great week so far. I know that myself, it has been very busy, very hectic week. And it is all only going to get busier during the weekend. But <clears throat> that is life. And that is what you're going to um, have to just deal with. Because um, life ain't getting any easier. And after some of the things we're going to talk about today, um, you're just going to wonder... Um, maybe is maybe life is just just gonna get even even worse and even more hectic. But bring you guys some good news um, in this episode as well. So stay tuned for this episode. Stay tuned for all this, guys. As always, links are in the description. If you like what you're hearing, you can support the show on Patreon. Five bucks a month get your early access, and until Sunday, you can have early access to our music only episode. No politics. No. Um, None of that crap. You can just listen to me and Joe just to talk about music and our passion for um, rock music for two hours straight. So if you want to check that out, um, you can still listen to it early before it officially goes out to Spotify um, Sunday evening. So you can do it there. As always, you get access to the episodes one day early. Five bucks a month gets you that. And really the five dollars just goes to supporting the show. We don't pocket any of that. Um, it's just just purely to keep the show on the road we appreciate that got some t-shirts you can check those out you can also can check out um my Substack, libertyoverdrive.substack.com i wrote another full-length article last week about the war on drugs <clears throat> i'm gonna talk about that briefly before we get rolling into the episode and kind of clear some things up about it um that i wanted to um Discuss with you guys because for those people that have read it, I haven't got a whole lot of um, negative press about it, which is good. Um, but only positives that I've heard so far from those people that have given it to me. So I want to talk about that briefly. We're going to talk about the Olympics, folks. The Olympics have started. Um, did you watch it? Do you even care? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the um, Canada truck convoy is on its way to Washington, D.C. and how big tech is trying its best to shut it down. Oh, boy, isn't that just, a, isn't that just the best? Um, and then we're talking about some uh, Joe Rogan crap because, of course, um, everyone um, needs to shut this man down. So <clears throat> before we get up and rolling, I want to talk about my uh, War on Drugs um, Substack article. So I wrote a whole full-length article about uh, my opinion on the war on drugs and drugs in general um, from the standpoint of policy and from the standpoint of the government's response to it. 
I want to make that very, very clear. If you have not read this article, um, I'm not going to spoil um, most of what I read. I will give you my, you know, obviously my interpretation of the current situation with drugs in America um, <clears throat> because I've, I've voiced it many times on this podcast. So <clears throat> whenever I um, discuss the things that I talk about in the article, understand that I'm not coming from the context of endorsement or giving you permission or saying that it's necessarily a good thing to be using um, these products because I guess I don't I come out very strongly in the beginning of the episode beginning of the article stating that I am um, on a um, a personal level and if, if someone were to ask me for advice um, I would always steer them against um, the use of, 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 of any kind of drug because um, I personally don't know that much about it <clears throat> as far as you know um, for, for for you personally enough for myself personally I have no desire um, to ever use any sort of um, current drug that is it is illegal um, it's not my desire I, I really don't have any um, any um, need or any want to experiment or try any of these things um, like if mushrooms or if marijuana were legalized tomorrow, um, I would not be going out and buying it because it's just not something that I want any part of. So with that, with that out of the way and with, with that out of the way that, um, I would more than likely advise against the use of drugs <clears throat> just as a, as a general statement. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not your dad. I'm not going to tell you you can't do these things. But like, if you were to come to me personally and say, "Hey, Jacob, should I go shoot up a line of um, cocaine?" I'd probably say, "Yeah, you, you no, you, don't, don't go do that. No, probably not. <laughs> good, better, best, probably not even good." Um, but <laughs> with that said, though, I do make the argument that <laughs> drugs and all drugs cause should be completely legalized. And, you know, that's going to get me some crap. It's going to get me some flack. And that's fine to shoot it my way. Um, <clears throat> now, you know, um, a lot of people out there um, have this complete mental conniption that, hey, you can't hold those two opinions at the same time. You got to be either um, legalization and advocate the use of all of these or you got to be um, <clears throat> a, um, a um, pearl-clutching conservative and um, or someone or, or, you know, this is generally found on the right leaning side of politics that all drugs should should be um, criminalized and they should be illegal because they're dangerous to communities and they're dangerous to people. <clears throat> um, a couple issues with that position, couple a couple issues with that um, mindset. Um, since when is something banned? Um, solely based on the fact that it is harmful for you, because um, because remember that's the argument that <clears throat> that a lot of people use for um, the uh, criminalization of you know harder drugs like heroin or, or or methamphetamines is that hey Jacob it could kill you well you know <clears throat> there's a lot of things out there in the world that can you know kill you um, but we don't have any issue with that um, you know I can drive five minutes from my house. And go order a 10 Big Macs and eat them all at once and die from a heart attack or, or coronary um, tract or anything like that could have happened to me. Um, <clears throat> but 
you know, we don't, um, we don't, we don't, um, so like to, we don't go after um, Coca-Cola or we don't go after McDonald's for, for the poison that, that, that they sell. Um, that's okay. Um, it's, it, it's okay to poison yourself with that. <clears throat> but, but some people would say, Hey, Jacob, you know, um, these drugs are very addictive and we can't have them. Um, we can't have these legalized because, because, they, because they're addictive and they can destroy families and they can destroy lives. Very true. I concede that in my article and I say that, yes, these products are highly addictive and yes, they're highly destructive. Um, but you know, I can also drive 10 minutes, five minutes from my house and buy another quote unquote drug that is addictive and destructive to a lot of people. Um, alcohol. Alcohol is completely legal in this country and yet I could drink a bunch of it. Um, become drunk, get behind the wheel, and I uh, kill somebody. And that is completely an option. Yes, it's technically illegal for me to drive drunk, but I can still do it. Or I can drink myself to become an alcoholic, or i.e. a drug addict, and destroy relationships around me, destroy families, destroy myself, kill myself with too much alcohol. But we don't ban alcohol in this country. Um, but, well, wait, we did at one point ban alcohol. And um, how did that work out? Let's, let's, let's just go back to Prohibition era America. Was that a net positive or a net negative on society? I mean, true, you know, alcohol was illegal and you couldn't go out and you couldn't buy a bottle of whiskey and you couldn't go get a beer, you know, so it was off the streets. It was not mainstream. Um <clears throat> But how did that work? You know, um, oh, I know how it worked. It resulted in mass corruption in governments and, and, and in police forces. And, and, and it basically started organized crime in America because of the mafia in some of the big cities of America that were illegally manufacturing, distributing, and selling alcohol. Yeah, because that worked out so great. And it was a way better. Do you know why you don't have a, a Guido and you don't have a um, mafia or gang presence around a liquor store? Because there's no reason to. It's completely legal. You're not having to defend an illegal product. The same thing would happen with drugs. If you were to legalize drugs, there would be no reason for gangs. Right? The other argument you hear behind drugs. We have to criminalize drugs because of gang activity. Because all these gangs, these violent gangs, are bringing in these drugs, and they're bringing in the crime to our cities. Well, why do you think that is? Why do you think that these gangs have to take the law into their own hands to defend their product? Oh, because the police wouldn't do it. Right? If someone holds up a liquor store with a gun and robs you, well, you, you, can, you can call the police. You can call the authorities just like as you would a grocery stop, um, a shop, or any sort of other establishment. But no, if I am trying to sell marijuana and someone robs me, I can't call the police. So therefore, I have to take the law into my own hands. I.e. organized crime. I.e. example, crime in all these cities. So is the criminalization of drugs beneficial or a detriment to society? I, I lay out my whole, my whole argument in my post, and I tell you the conclusion of this. 
The fact is, is that Americans don't need the government to, to, to tell them not to do these drugs. Ron Paul stood on the stage, I think it was 2008, 2012, Republican presidential debate stage and advocated for what I'm advocating right now, a complete legalization of all types of drugs. And this is at a, this is in South Carolina, folks. It's not very, very blue in South Carolina. I think it was Chris Wallace or Brett Barrison was like, are you talking about even even heroin? Ron Paul, even heroin? You'd even legalize that? And Ron Paul stood on that stage and he said, he's like, I don't need, if I was president, I don't have to tell you not to go take heroin. He said, pointed to the audience and said, if heroin was legalized tomorrow, would you go out and try it? No one said a word. Not a peep. Why? Because nobody wants to try these things. Nobody wants to. The vast majority of the population has no desire to do any of these drugs. They have. They don't. They don't want to. And the small percentage of them that do have issues, have serious underlying issues. And what's the solution to those issues? Well, the current policy of this is to arrest them and lock them in a cage where, ironically, they can go get more drugs to go feed their addiction more. What you're dealing with when you have a, a drug addict is not a criminal issue. You have a medical issue, a mental issue, right? We don't send somebody who is morbidly obese and that is addicted to sugar or addicted to McDonald's. We don't send them to prison, right? We send them to a hospital. We send them to a clinic. We send them to a specialist who can help them lose the weight. We don't send a raging alcoholic to prison. We send them to therapy. We send them to rehab. But yet for some reason, when it comes to drugs and it comes to drug possession, oh, you got to go to prison. What is that? Is that a is that a few grams of heroin? Well, that's it, man. Your life is ruined. Not understanding that that person may have some serious issues that need to be worked out medically and mentally. So if you if you solve that issue with legalization, you wouldn't throw them in a prison cell. You, you would go get them help, just like as you would any other form of major addiction. So there you go. I just debunked all of those arguments for you. And if you have another argument and you want to um, hit me, hit me up. But first, but first read the article and, and understand what I'm trying to say and understand that I'm coming from, from a position that, you know, <clears throat> would strongly advocate not doing it. Seeing that there is honestly no net positive to doing any of these drugs. And look, and you, you can you can hold that position. I, I, I believe there might be some people out there who might believe that, who might be too afraid to come out for 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 legalization and then have some <clears throat> have some uh, people who don't, who don't have fully developed brains use the use the dumb argument of, oh, well, that means that you want everyone to be shooting heroin in the streets, Jacob. That's the only that's the that's the only outcome, right? Yeah, because whenever we legalized um, alcohol, everyone's a raging alcoholic now, right? Everyone's an alcoholic. 
Everyone's getting drunk in the streets. And no, we don't have that issue. Yes, there's a small portion of the population that has an issue with alcohol. Just as there's a small portion of the population that has an issue with cigarettes. And there's a portion of the population that has an issue with too much sugar and too much fat in their diet. We legalized alcohol and did the world come collapsing down like many of the um, um, so prohibitionists were said? No. No. Didn't happen. In fact, a lot of people don't want to touch stuff. Well, imagine that. Oh, well, uh, wow. Imagine that. We don't have that issue. And the same thing would happen if you legalize drugs. Some people would do it, and some people would ruin their lives with it. Absolutely. But is the solution to that throwing them in a cage? And is the solution to that organized crime? Because you do realize that once you legalize all drugs, what's the purpose of, of the cartel and these gangs that traffic drugs whenever a 70-year-old couple can open up a shop and sell it legally if they, if they so choose, they they go away. Organized crime goes away. If you notice, whenever alcohol was legalized once again, the mafia had no play in alcohol at that point. There was no their 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 cornering of the market was gone because now anyone could get it. Same thing, same thing, same thing would happen with drugs. Now, sure, well, the gangs move to something different, like weapons or whatever. Yeah, but then there again, we'll argue for weapons, you know, being legalized across the board too. But just understand that you can hold these positions and still be right and still have a legitimate argument because it is a legitimate argument and it's the correct argument. You know, I think it's you know people will call me morally morally bankrupt for for wanting to legalize some of these things. Um, you know, you can easily, if you hold that position as well, and you think that it's, it's, um, <clears throat> and you think that, um, you actually agree with me and that we should be legalizing a lot of these things, and someone uses the moral argument on you. Well, Jigga, that's just morally, um, wrong that you want to legalize, these, that you want to legalize drugs. That's, it's morally, um, incompatible with, you know, your ideology or your religious views. You say, okay, okay. Um, tell me the moral argument for arresting somebody under the under the threat of violence and locking them in a cage for the mere possession of a plant that grows in the ground, a naturally occurring plant. Tell me, tell me where you find the moral high ground in that. And I'll back off my statement. I will do a. I will apologize. Do a full one eighty if you can find. In your moral compass, where you see it justified to arrest somebody for the ownership of a plant that grows naturally in the ground and that can be found naturally throughout some parts of the world. If you can if you can find me a moral argument that is sound, then I will retract my statement and I will delete that Substack article. If someone can come up with a moral argument that fits justifiably and is not having to do freaking um mental gymnastics through the air and double corkscrews and 4d chess underwater and outer space and in the fifth dimension if you, if you can find that for me cool i will play game 
Um, I say that because it's impossible to justify violence against somebody for growing a plant. You can't. You can't do that under any sort of set natural rights arguments and principles that we're all supposed to follow. And that you would follow under most religions, under most political ideologies. So that's my war on drugs article piece. So I just want to clarify that and kind of give... I, I said I wasn't going to spoil it, but I kind of did spoil it. So, <laughs> But honestly, go read it. Let me know your thoughts about it. Um, my thoughts, if you want to if you want to send me something, jacobstandridge at protonmail.com is the new email address where you can reach me. So you can go do that there. All right, let's get into some of, the, uh, some of these other stories. We're already at 21 minutes. Wow. Okay, well, that's fun. <laughs> so uh, the Winter Olympics started, um, what, yesterday? And, um, well, does anybody care? Crickets, crickets, crickets. You know, to be honest, um, I found out the Olympics started uh, last night whenever they were announcing that the um, opening ceremony already happened because um, they're in China this year. So it's 12 hours ahead. So that would have happened 7 a.m. in the U.S. Cause I think it starts, starts at 7 p.m. in Beijing is when they start. So Olympics have started, and I have a headline for you right here. This is from Reuters. This this came out January twenty fifth, so a little bit old, but you know it's it's a well over a full week before the start of the Olympics. And here's the headline: NBC Universal lowering its TV ratings expectations for the Winter Olympics. Now, whenever you read a headline like this, um, if you're informed and if you know what's going on in the world of um, politics and in the world, of, especially of, of American sports. Um, this should not surprise you at all. This should be no surprise at all. If you go look at the 2020 Summer Olympics, which happened last year in 2021, um, viewership was down across the boards. People just weren't interested. And why do you think that is? I think, personally, and I, the Olympic, we don't have the viewership. I was trying to find the viewership from the opening ceremony that was replayed tonight for those people that wanted to watch it at, you know, at a normal hour, not seven o'clock in the morning. Um, I, I don't know the U S viewership yet. Cause it just, it just ended. So, but I, I will, I will go on a limb and just say that it was not very good. I think that people are very just kind of done with the Olympics and with, um, and for a couple of reasons, I'll say first, I, I will say, because speaking about this Olympics in, 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 in particular, um, first is because I think it's COVID still. I think no one really cares anymore. And I'll give you an example. I don't have the article up anymore. Wait, maybe I do. Uh, nope, I don't have any more. I lost it. Um, it was a, a New York Post article, and it was just pictures of the the opening event. And I think why people I think why people are really done with it is um, crap like what I saw with the athletes all just wearing masks. And it's like, are we still doing this? Really? You know, two years, you know, so two years to flatten the curve, we're, we're still doing this crap. 
you know, you, you see the American athletes walking out, and you're just <laughs> unless you're living in in a big blue state or or, or, a, or a big city, your life is basically back to normal, you know. And just to be reminded of the heck that everyone had to go through the lives that were destroyed as a result of the, these policies and just to be just to see the athletes just it it's going to be something that that people are just not going to be for and they're just i think it's the constant reminder of this and the fact that i think that some of the events you still just can't um still can't attend and like I, last night they had snowboarding or no it wasn't snowboarding it was the the solemns it's the event where they where they ski down a mountain and they have like the bumps and they go over the bumps the the solemns i don't know what that's called anyways but the freaking guys are the the camera guys outside are wearing n95s and you're like really what who are you protecting like the guy 20 feet away from you outside what I think people are just done. And then as soon as the athlete's done going on the mountain, they have to put a mask on. It's like, who are you, who are you protecting? They're, they're, they're done of being constantly badgered and, and reminded by this. It was like me and Joe were watching, um, um, there was a golf. I think, I think, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Pebble Beach. This was going on. I'm not a golf guy, but Joe had it on. And these, it, it was such a start. They 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 were interviewing. I think it was the president of the course or whatever, and him and the interviewer, they're both standing like ten feet apart doing this interview, and then they pan to the people in the crowd, and they're sitting shoulder to shoulder, no masks, and you're like, what are we doing here? Like you're gonna sit here and virtue signal about how how we're socially distancing away from this interview, and then we're gonna go and look at the crowd and everyone else living their lives, and they're not. You know, are, are we? People are done. They don't care. I think just watching the Olympics and constantly being reminded by it, they just don't want to do it. Second of all, um, I think it's having to do with the reason why I'm not watching the Olympics. Um, the Winter Olympics, I, I, I care the least about as far as the two, the summer games and the the, the winter games. Um, the only thing I honestly watch during the Winter Olympics is hockey. Only thing I care about is watching hockey. And this is long before I started watching the the NHL like the way I watch it now. Um, I'd always watch the U.S. I'd always watch Canada because big, huge rivalry, and I always knew you could see the NHL All Stars. And it it was it was like it, the Olympic hockey teams are the best of the best from each country, as it should be. But it's not like baseball where you know the summer olympics happens during baseball season so back when back whenever baseball was an olympic sport you, you know you wouldn't get the Derek Jeters and the Ira Pujols and the Clayton Kershaws wouldn't be going out and playing baseball because you know they had a season to play it happened during the season and, and major league baseball never gave them time to to go travel to that country for the, for the olympics because baseball schedule is is um way too rigorous to to allow you know a 3 week break in between but that's not how it is for hockey, not how it is for soccer. Soccer is usually the thing I watch during the um, the Summer Olympics. Um, but this year, the NHL pulled out. The NHL Player Association, due to due to um, um, so China's COVID crap that are having to pull on them, um, NHL pulled out. NHL's not 
allowing their players to go and play in for for country in the Olympics. And I'm not watching it because I don't care. Like, like that's the only thing I would watch is I would just watch all the hockey games that were on. But this year, there's no, there's no point. I'm not going to sit there and watch someone go down a mountain skiing. I'm just not. I don't have any desire. And I think a lot of people are that way. A lot of people just don't care anymore. And that, that brings me to my third point, why I think no one cares about the Olympics anymore. No one's watching them. It's the politicization of sports. I think people are done. We saw this in 2020, the 2021 Olympics with the women's soccer team. Look, I'm a big U.S. soccer fan. And I used to be a big fan of the U.S. women's team. And the men's team, too. But the women's team was a lot more fun to cheer for because they were actually, you know, good com- good compared to the other teams. They actually were a very competitive team. You know, I've got... Look, I've got a U.S. men's soccer jersey and a U.S. women's soccer jersey. So, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. But I'll tell you right now, last year... When the when when the U.S. women's went out to play on the field, I did not care. I did not. I'm I'm people are over it. I think this is going for sports in general. I think people are just fed up with just the American sports in general. Because see, there's a difference between um, sports are look sports are an escapism. That's what they are. Okay, I don't watch. I don't watch Aaron Judge for the New York Yankees because I care about his opinion on fiscal responsibility and fiscal policy. Right? I don't watch him for that. I don't watch um, Steven Stamkos on the Tampa Bay Lightning because I care about how he feels about um, drug legalization in America. Why do I watch these people? I watch them because they're good at what they do. I watch Aaron Judge because he is one of the top outfielders in the league, top five outfielder in the world. I could give zero craps about how he feels about economics, politics. I don't care. That's not why I watch him. Another example. We, as we talk about in the Patreon music episode, Rush is my favorite band of all time. I love Rush to death. It is my top band so much that we went, that we went two hours talking about them. And we honestly could have gone longer. Do I care what Getty Lee's views are on the economy or on social justice? No, I don't care. What do I care about? The music he writes, the shows he performs, the parts he writes on the bass guitar. That's what I care about. Now, does Getty Lee agree with me politically? Absolutely not. Does Aaron Judge agree with me politically? Probably not. Steven Stamkos? No. None of these guys agree with me politically with with, with what I care about. That's not why I... Listen to these people. It's not why I t- 
take notice and invest time and energy into these people. That's, that's not why I do it. I do it because of the jobs that they do and the entertainment that they provide, which is what sports is. Sports is entertainment. It's escapism. So whenever I watch the women's soccer team and all I see is political grandstanding. Now, I'm not against political statements. I'm not against people speaking their mind. I think that this notion that, you know, you should just, in response to LeBron James, is just shut up and dribble is kind of stupid. But at the same time, though, I don't, have, I don't have to take you seriously. And whenever I don't take you seriously, you don't get to be offended. So whenever Megan Rapino for the U.S. women's soccer team goes on a tirade about how, about how oppressed she is and about how much she cares about social justice, I should have every right to just dismiss you, just as you have every right to dismiss me and my political and my philosophical and economical takes. Perfectly fine. But the issue, though, is that you make it all about you. Right? If you wanted to make a statement and you wanted to really affect change in this country, um, there are many, many ways to, to actually go out about and do that. Um, but, but, but what's the way that, that you do it? What's the way that the women's U.S. soccer team took, took time to do this? Um, they, they took it during a very um, sacred moment um, in American sports history and in tradition where we um, have a moment of silence and we honor the flag and the national anthem. Now, that's not to say that you have to necessarily do all those things. Different topic for, for different discussion. I've had on the Pledge of Allegiance and all these other sort of things, but that's a completely different point. The point is, though, that you understand that by doing anything other than putting your hand over your heart and standing there quietly or singing along with the national anthem is going to bring attention to yourself and make it all about you. Because honestly, that's what these people are all about. They're really all about them. It's really all about narcissism with them. Whenever you really, really boil it down. It's only whenever the cameras are on them is whenever they care about take, taking a stand about something. Um, but, you know, whenever, whenever the media spotlight's not on them, um, you know, they don't, they couldn't even be, be bothered. And not, not to mention the fact that now that Black Lives Matter organ, organization um, just, you know, lost a millions of dollars and they can't account for it. And the three owners, um, well, the three people that were ahead of it quit or something and they, they, they can't file this money. So um, for some people out there who uh, donated money to them, hope you're, um, hope you're glad with your investment and um, for some people out there who, who criticized other people for um, correctly calling it the organization as a um, leftist Marxist organization um, that is against Western civilization, um, you know, so it's like your apologies now, please, because um, we were right. But people don't want to be badgered and bothered with politics in sports. As I said, I don't care what the athletes' politics are. That is that is irrelevant to me. I do not care how they feel about politics, any of it. 
It's not why I watch them. I watch them for their on-field performance. And this is coming from a guy who fully understands that 99% of the people that he meets, he's going to disagree with them politically. But I, I, I don't care. And that's what we're seeing right now in sports. Especially in the Olympics. When, and I think the Olympics is a very unique thing. Kind of like how the women's soccer team, which is why I came out so strongly against them. Versus like the NFL or, you know, the major, you know, like um, basketball, like the NBA. I think there's a difference. I think if you're going to kneel or do, you know, a salute or some kind of other political gesture and you're playing for the Minnesota Vikings or the Miami Heat, you know, controversial as that is, which it is, you know, in some circles, um, I think that's different than going to the Olympics representing the, the United States of America and whenever you win a medal and they're playing your anthem that you're draped in their red, white, and blue and you're kneeling and you're protesting the anthem for the country you're there to represent. Do you see the issue here? Do, do you, let me give you let me give you another example. Um let's just say that you were playing for the New York Yankees. Okay? You are representing the city of New York. You're representing the organization of the New York Yankees. Now, the New York Yankees has a very um, long tradition, but they don't really have anything sort of like a theme song or like, you know, a, a, a song like the national anthem where it's, it is identifying to the, the organization or to the nationality that, you're, that you're representing in this case, right? America has the national anthem. That's, that's the song that is representing who you represent, essentially. Um, but the, the, the Yankees do have this thing called the roll call, where every, every home game, the bleacher creatures out in right field do a roll call where they, they chant everybody's name, every Yankee's name on the field, and they clap and they cheer until they get an acknowledgement from the player in the field. Okay, Tradition, it's something that everyone takes part in. Everyone looks for that. Now, if you were to, whenever they, whenever they call your name and kneel or sneer or do anything other than what's expected of you, you know, that might draw some controversy. That might be a slap in the face to the people you're there to play for. It maybe, maybe just maybe. Because whenever you put the, whenever you, whenever you, whenever you put the, the pinstripes on and you put on the NY hat. Who are you representing? The New York Yankees, the Yankees organization, the city of New York. You are taking pride in who you're representing. And this goes for any baseball team or any sports team in general. Whenever you put that home jersey on, you are representing that team, that city, that organization. Whenever you put on the Olympic uniform and the red, white, and blue, who are you representing? America. So if you don't want to represent America and you feel that it's so evil and so bad and so racist, then maybe you shouldn't be representing America. I'm just saying it doesn't make it so it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. 
if you don't want to represent a country that you hate so much, then why are you donning yourself in all the red, white, and blue? It just goes to show these people are are narcissists. Because do you know? Because do you know what would have a really major impact if you really wanted to stick to, stick to your morals of protesting America and protesting um, whatever righteous cause you're on right now? Would be to boycott the Olympics and say, "Hey, I'm not going to represent a country that um, that is racist to whatever people group and um, X, Y, and Z, or whatever." You know that would actually be sticking to your morals. Uh, but we don't have that right now, and I haven't seen any political acts so far in the Olympics, the Winter Olympics. But I mean. They are coming, and they're and they're to be expected, and nobody wants to see that. Like honestly, whenever you cheer on an athlete over the course of many nights, cheering them on, not because you know they're, not because that you know you know them personally, or you've been following their entire career leading up to this. Like if they're a snowboarder, you've been you've been watching all of their X Games and the World Championships for for snowboarding. You're not you're not. You, you, you're not watching them because you, you follow their career. You're watching them because they came from the same country that, that you live. Or you're watching them because of the flag that, that they're wearing. And that unifies all of us because we're all Americans. You're watching them for that. And then at the end of it all, whenever they win the medal... As a last-ditch effort to make it all about themselves, they protest to the very country that sent them there in the first place. You know, that's a slap in the face to a lot of people. And this is me taking the logical position. That's not taking my personal opinion. This is the logical position. It's a slap in the face. You know, if you play for the... If you play for the New York Yankees and you kneel for the national anthem, controversial, yeah. Could you make the argument slap in the face too? Sure, you can make that argument. But it doesn't hold the same water and it doesn't make the same, it does not have the same impact as if you were in the Olympics. Do you see what I'm saying? Same thing as like if you were in the I don't know, the FIFA World Cup. And for some miraculous reason, the U.S. men's team decides, decides to get their act together and um, and win, win the FIFA World Cup. And as they're getting the trophy and they're playing the national anthem, they all decide to, to turn their back to the flag and kneel. Wow, that's being real respectful to the, to, to the um, people and to the nation that sent you in the first place. G. Willikers. Just some food for your thought. You know, let me know if you guys are watching the Olympics because I think that people are done. You know, in my my personal social circles, um, I've heard exactly zero interest from anybody on uh, watching these Olympics. So maybe that's telling me something. You know, maybe it's a combination of these, those things. Maybe it's, maybe it's a combination of people are just kind of burnt out with the Olympics. Maybe it's that. Um... But I, you know, I really feel that's a combination of one of one of those three things. 
Um, the hockey thing is kind of relating to more towards the Winter Olympics. But, you know, we saw this in summer. We saw in summer the ratings just weren't the same as they were here. I think that people are done. I think people are just fed up with being preached at. And I can understand that. You know? Um, I disagree with, with people politically all, all the time. But if I were to sit there and every time that I see a friend who, who's, who's not a, a, fellow, a fellow's libertarian or a fellow an, anarchist, and we just badger them about how bad of a person they will because because they don't agree in Austrian economics or, or they don't agree in in um, reducing the federal government down to nothing. You know, how many friends would I have left? And this goes to the whole Michael Malice point about, you know, talking politics with, with, with friends who are not going to agree with you. What are you doing? Like, like Why? You know, this 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 is why he just doesn't. People ask him all the time. He's like, "Hey, how do I convince my boomercon father or some mother into libertarianism?" He, he's like, "Why are you trying?" You know, these these people are not willing to listen. And if you continue to badger people, you're really you're really making it about about yourself at that point, which is what I think has happened with a lot of these athletes. Um, you know, the ones that are the most vocal about something like this usually have something have to compensate for something else it's like the people who are um who come out against um obvious bad things like if you come out and you say i am unapologetically against racism wow that's what a bold position you take or you say um, I'm, a, I am unapologetically against rape. Wow. Gee, do you know who's not unapologetically against rape? Everyone but rapists. Do you know? I mean, like, wow, that's, that is a, as an amazing, that is an amazing statement. What a, what a bold statement for you to say. People that come out and say that usually have to come out and say it because they're, they're trying to hide something. You know, um, usually from what we've seen in many celebrities that they have to compensate from the fact that they're not very good people and they have have to project that they're a good person um, to everybody in the world because they um, because they know deep down inside that no one likes them and they're a really bad person. That's typically what we see. Um, I have to overcompensate um, my lack of a personality and likability with um, hot political takes that everybody agrees with. Because that won't alienate me more than the other will. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So enough, of, enough about um, the, the depressing Winter Olympics, which are going on right now. You can watch them if you want to. Let's, let's talk about something else. So we have some censorship controversy. Two things that I wanted to talk about um, really quick and briefly. So... I know me and Joe mentioned last episode that the um, Freedom Convoy um, is what it's being dubbed right now that's going across Canada and making its way towards D.C., Washington, D.C., last I heard. Um, they're getting hit hard with some censorship right now. Um, there was a um, Facebook page that was created. Um, so right now in... Is this from January 30th? This is an article here from January 30th. Um, there is a 
um, California convoy that is going from California to Washington, D.C. Um, to protest vaccine mandates. And this is coming after f- over 50,000 truckers drove um, a 45-mile convoy from um, Ottawa uh, this week to uh, protest the government's vaccine mandates there. And um, this is the same issue as um, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, who's requiring that non-essential, uh, non-U.S. essential workers, such as truck drivers, who uh, must be fully vaccinated across, um, who must be fully vaccinated against COVID-19, um, in order to cross the um, U.S.-Canadian border. So to get in the United States, you got to be fully vaccinated. Is what they're trying to say. Um, which, which does affect truckers because many times truckers will go across borders delivering goods. This is pretty common. So there is some there there is some uh, warranted concern and, and anger from these truckers, and Godspeed to all of them. But Facebook um, has felt the need to to uh, not allow such 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 dissonance and such. Uh, such anti-science, um, and they're not allowed to go against the narrative. So Facebook has been shutting down these accounts. I know that um, GoFundMe shut down a, um, a fundraiser that was um, trying to raise money for the truckers, and the government is trying to seize that money, which um, is as slimy and evil as I can possibly imagine. Um, you know, we're supposed to have free speech in this country and the freedom of protest and of um, dissenting opinions, but apparently that's not allowed whenever it's quote-unquote a virus. Um, not allowed to um, to uh, protest um, government's actions towards a virus. That's that's not allowed. Um, and anything else, we'll, we'll talk about it. But, oh, you want to protest vaccine mandates? Well, you know, that's not allowed. Facebook, Facebook will uh, shut you down, which if you're still on that uh, garbage platform, you know, um, what are you doing at this point? Um, they're shutting, look, I would have left Facebook over something like that. You know, I left Facebook, uh, um, I've been, I've been a non-active user of Facebook since like last summer. I have not been an active user of it. I don't care. My, my page is scheduled for deletion. I couldn't be happier, but you know, this is a company that has no problems shilling for the U S government, shilling for the for the COVID regime still to this day, even as I wrote another article about this, um, Sweden is joining another joining the list of other European countries that are completely reversing their COVID-19 mandates. Going back to normal, folks. So we have England, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, Switzerland, Denmark, Israel, Sweden, and a couple other countries I forgot to mention in that article that are all either returning back to 100% normal or they're getting rid of their COVID-19 vaccine passports. And what's the U and what's the U S and Canada doing? Oh yeah. We're um, censoring dissent against our vaccine mandates. And you still want to enter the Canadian um, border or you still want to come into America. Better show me your papers. Dang. We fell how are we how are we how are we being out freedomed by the UK? They think about that one. How is Canada being out freedomed by Switzerland and by Sweden? 
I wish you could see my eyes because my eyes are beating right now. I have no idea how this is even possible right now. These countries have, have, have admitted we, we, we've long known. You can't fight this thing. It's over. It's that scene from Aliens, man. Game over, man. It's game over. But the censorship is not stopping there. The biggest controversy of the week was, of course, the um, the Joe Rogan um, Spotify controversy. Um, the um, people are, especially the the um, Neil Youngs and the Joni Mitchell are these two aging um, nobodies that um, no one cared about then, and and really no one cares about now. Have threatened to pull their they well that they, they did threaten and they have pulled their music from Spotify over the egregious Joe Rogan spreading misinformation. And there was that letter that two hundred something doctors had wrote an open letter to denounce and to call for the censorship of, of Joe Rogan on his um Spotify. Which um that whole thing was debunked, the whole letter. Um you can go read I know that Luke Renandowski did a debunking of it and so did Jimmy Dore. So you can go find their videos on that. Um, the whole letter was debunked. So, th- spoiler alert: uh, three hundred doctors did not, in fact, write that letter. Um, that was thoroughly debunked. But you know, let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about Joe Rogan. Let's let's wrap up with with this whole Joe Rogan thing. I'm gonna give you my hot take on this right now. Um, you can disagree with Joe Rogan, and you can disagree with the people that he's had on. Now, if you're going to fall into that camp, let me be real clear. If you're disagreeing with um, with a Joe Rogan, and mainly we're, we're, we're talking here about um, the Robert Malone interview and the, um, I'm drawing a blank, the other doctor. Sorry, I'm, I'm so bad at this. Not, it's, not, it's not Martin Kordoff. Joe would know. Anyways, we're, we're, we're really talking about the doctor, Robert Malone interview. It's what we all know. I'm going to say this. If you think that Dr. Robert Malone is not allowed, who, who by the way, um, did invent the um, technology that created, that went to creating the um, Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. He, he created, or he was a part of the team that, would, that created, he has a patent for the um, mRNA vaccine technology he he invented that so if the man who invented the mr the mrna vaccine technology is not allowed to have a seat at the table to discuss the mrna vaccine then nobody does no if robert malone would have come out and said that everyone should get vaccinated and it's completely safe and there's no reason to fear it. And if you don't take it, you're a menace to society. If Robert Malone were to come out and say that, do you think that Neil Young would be asking to pull his his um, catalog from Spotify? No. Because he's going along with, 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 with the plan. He's agreeing with, with the narrative there. It's only because he dared to to deviate from the course that now we got an issue. People are saying that Joe Rogan spread disinformation, that he has all of these 
anti-science quacks on here. That he's been lying. People have been saying this. This is what Neil Young, this is what Jody Mitchell's been saying, all these other weirdos. Um, what it what it really is though is that the fact that the fact that Joe Rogan's killing it right now. That's the reason why they're really upset. Um, here's what I'll say to people that fall into that camp. That fall into the camp of like, hey, we need to censor Joe Rogan. Um, which again, if you disagree with, with Joe Rogan, um, that's fine. Like, there's not many things I there's 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 there, there's there's some things that I disagree with him on. Um, but also keep in mind though that this is the guy that's had literally everybody on his show. You know, he's had Bernie Sanders on. He's had Jimmy Dore on. He's had left guys. He's had he's had Stephen Crowder. He's had Ben Shapiro. He's had Tulsi Gabbard. He's had on as right as you can go and as left as you can go. He's had them all on. So it's not like this is a giant Trump leaning echo chamber. The dude in the, the, the dude endorsed Bernie Sanders for president. How is he a Trump guy? How I, I, I just oh, Jacob, just pull together, dude. You're almost done. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. But if you fall into this camp for whatever reason that you feel that Joe Rogan should not be allowed to have an opinion um, for whatever reason, you know, because because based upon the fact that he's spreading this information, he's lying. I'll say, OK, um, where was this moral outrage that you have? I'm speaking to to to, to, to Neil Young, Joni Mitchell in any uh, in, 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 in any other weirdo out there, and yes, I'm calling you a weirdo. Um, if you're listening to this, I do not apologize to that because honestly, I'd say it to your face if you think that Joe Rogan needs to be censored. Um, where was this moral outrage whenever CNN ran ran wall to wall coverage about Joe Rogan taking horse paste and horse medicine, i.e., ivermectin? When ivermectin is a human medicine and is one of the WHO's essential medicines of the world. And it won a Nobel Prize. Ivermectin is one of the essential human medicines in the world. It's been given out billions of times to billions of humans have taken ivermectin. But yet, you know, CNN, Neil Young's not calling for CNN to be taken off of the air because they spread blatant misinformation about Joe Rogan taking horse medicine. That's what they ran. Go look at the stories about him taking quote unquote horse medicine. If you think that Joe Rogan needs to be banned for spreading misinformation and for lying, then so does CNN. Let's go further. You ready? Come on, let's go. MSNBC, Rachel Maddow has a tweet that is still on Twitter. Where she retweeted a Rolling Stone article saying that people in Oklahoma were having to wait outside. Gunshot wound victims were having to be sent away because of people overdosing on ivermectin. Because they were trying to self-prescribe from a tractor's apply because they're trying to buy the horse equivalent. That never happened. But yet Rachel Maddow can go out and spread blatant lies and blatant misinformation without any repercussions, any censorship. Rachel Maddow still has a video on YouTube, last I checked, 
from 2021, where she said that if you take the vaccine, you can't spread the virus and you can't contract the virus. It's still up there. That's medical misinformation. She needs to be banned, according to Neil Young and according to other weirdos out there that thinks that the mere crime of spreading misinformation about COVID-19 is an instant censorship, instant banned. We need to be banning Rachel Maddow. Do you want to keep going further? I'll go up to the top. Dr. Science himself, freaking Fauci, whenever he lied about Wuhan lab funding from the NIH, from, 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 from the NIH, he lied about it under oath to Congress. We got the receipts. We get, I, I, get, I, get, I get receipts, CVS length about on the stuff like this. Hit me up. I'll be happy to send you crap. He lied about it. He also lied about masks. Whenever he said that back in March 2020, you shouldn't be wearing a mask. Masks don't do anything. There's no point to be wearing a mask in, in a pandemic outbreak. And then six weeks later, oh, well, the science has changed. We have new studies. What studies, bro? You lied to us. Just to come out and admit it. Is Neil Young going to be calling for Dr. Fauci to be canceled and to be for lying about funding W about funding Wuhan experimental gang of function gang of function research, or the fact that he lied about how you shouldn't be wearing masks and then and then all of a sudden one eighting and being like what no I've always been wearing masks what are you talking about you've been smoking something no I'm, I'm, masks masks have always been a thing we should be doing. In fact, if if you don't wear a mask, you're part of the problem. Now, see here, the 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 issue is not Joe Rogan spreading misinformation. The issue is really not that they, that he had on a controversial. Uh, I'm doing quotes controversial figure in Dr. Robert Malone. The fact is, is that this is really all narcissism, and this is really all jealousy from the fact that Joe Rogan is freaking killing it right now. You know, um, the fact that Joe Rogan gets like 20 times the viewership per episode than anybody on CNN or anybody on MSNBC gets. That's really what they're upset about. They're upset about how this man has figured out a way to circumvent these dinosaur lying corporate press scum and has found a way to reach his audience without them. That's really what that's really what they're upset about and they're using this argument of, well, he's spreading COVID misinformation as just a Trojan to disguise what they're really upset with him about. Because if you notice, they're not really going after any middle or lower level people who say very similar things to Joe Rogan. Although they have gone after me, you know, my YouTube channel with the whole 30 subscribers has gotten hit with two copyrights or not, sorry, two community strikes over the last 12 months because of this. You know, that's why, that's why I moved to Substack. I'm not lying. I knew that, the, I knew that my, that my day of, look, when I got hit with my Twitter strike the last summer, when I said something positive about Kyle Rittenhouse, which I feel now I should probably go back and try to, you know, get an apology from them. Because I, I, I came out and said that Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong and that was, they 
flagged that for inciting violence. But now that we know that he's innocent, um, in a court of law, that statement is completely true. He did nothing wrong because the the court found him. the The, the court and jury found him innocent. Um, maybe maybe I, sh- I should let me know. Should I ask Twitter for an apology? I'm not gonna get it, but maybe kind of fun to poke them. But that that's why I got off of these social media sites, and that's why I went to Substack. As of right now, Substack is a pretty safe place for me to post whatever I want. You know, that's where that's where Dr. Malone, that's where Alex Berenson does their writing. So, you know, if if, if those two guys who've gotten completely banned on Twitter are able to write there, and they're pretty controversial, controversial in quotation marks, because they're the ones actually dispatching the, the, the truth in all this. You know, Alex Berenson's been right about this from the beginning. He's He's been right on it every step of the way. And Robert Malone, decorated scientist and doctor, invented the mRNA technology. Look, if he's not qualified to have an opinion without being censored, gosh, I, I, I don't know who is. You know, speaking about the vaccine in general, you know, who else could be more qualified to have an opinion about it? You know, he should be right alongside with the people that actually developed it. You know, if Pfizer's allowed to go out there and say whatever the crap they want to say, why can't the guy who invented the the technology they used to make the vaccine? You know, for those people that are struggling out there, rub two brain cells together for just a second and and just think about how stupid that argument that, hey, hey, we should censor the guy who had on the the person who invented the mr the mrna vaccine technology you know if you still have two brain cells to 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 rub together um you might find that it's a pretty stupid argument to be making because it is that's why that's why banning joe rogan might be the stupidest argument that i've i've ever heard and that's that's up there, pretty high up there. And all of these lap dogs that are just following in line with the, with the corporate press, and are and are agreeing with them. You know, these are the same people that that you know blamed you for back in March for wearing a mask because they you were quote unquote taking them away from people who really needed them. And then they blamed you because you weren't wearing one on the subway or on the bus or at a restaurant. And then they blamed you for not wearing four because Dr. Fauci said, well, you know, um, two is more than one. So two is probably better. And then they blamed you for not vaccinating yourself. And then they blamed you for not being scared enough. The people that are agreeing with this kind of thing are just the same ones that would just go along with everything else. I'm telling you right now, there's some people out there that if they set a fourth booster or a second booster, I should say, is in the is in the works, they'd be like, "All right, which arm?" <laughs> I, I'm being I'm being for real. There's some people out there who are still up to this point. You know, I've done all I can, and Joe's done all he's can or, or, or all that he could. And there is a wealth of knowledge out there on the internet from from very smart people. 
that if they come out and say, "Hey, man, you gotta get, you gotta get, you gotta get, you gotta get a fourth shot," and your response is, "When, where, and which sleeve do I pull up?" You know, you are gone as a person, as 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 an intellectual person that um, that I I can't save. I I just can't. I I can't I can't I can't do anything for you. This is also going to people who you can easily divide up your friends group with people that are like, yeah, ban Joe Rogan. Yeah, we need to ban him. Yeah, we need to remove the truckers pages from Facebook. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, That's where you just can smile, wave and go, okay, goodbye. Not goodbye as a friend because I don't think you should break up friends, friendships because of this. Because, you know, if you cared about that person, you really would be willing to look past any sort of superficial political takes. Um, but, you know, it, it tells you a lot about a person. They're willing to um, completely censor someone like that. But, you know, that's the world we live in today, folks. Welcome to... February 5th, 2020, or February, February 4th, 2020, uh, two, because that's where we live today. Guys, that's going to be the episode of the podcast. So much, um, let's try that again. Guys, that is the episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, this was a pretty fun one. I did have something more that I wanted to talk about, but we're already over an hour. I don't want to take up too much of your time. So we'll save that for a Monday's episode with Joe. Um, guys, hope you guys are enjoying the music only episode. If you really, if you really enjoyed it, um, please let us know. Or, or if you didn't, um, you're not gonna hurt my feelings and say, as long as you come up with something constructive, like, hey, it was just a little too long, or hey, I'm not really a big rush guy, so I didn't, I didn't get into it. Cool, understandable. Um, I knew as we were, I knew it'd be a pretty niche audience that would like it, but. Um, we want to kind of speak from the heart about rush and rock in general. So you're getting a very, uh, honest heartfelt episode with that one. And we, um, what absolutely special for everybody out there, but hope you guys are enjoying that one. And if you want to hear more music only content, be sure to let me know. I am actually wrapping up a Saturday post. I'm going to put up on uh, Saturday evening. It's um, so by the time you're listening to this episode, the um, new Substack should be up. I'm doing another album. Re- I'm doing another album re- review. Um, haven't got a new vinyl, a new classic vinyl record in the mail in a while. I haven't really bought one recently, so I'm kind of going through my current catalog and trying to write one usually every other week or so, um, just to kind of talk about music, break it up a little bit from the sadness of everything else that is going on in the world, and um. I'm doing it on uh, "The Stranger" by by, by Billy Joel. Uh, probably one of my one of my most, probably one of my most prized vinyls I have in my collection. Um, not because it's super rare, or super valuable, but just because I think it's just a very, you know, it's it's his best record by far. Um, but you know, in the, the in the course of talking about '70s pop records, it is definitely in the conversation for one of the best '70s pop record of all time. And I hope that people can take my words and really 
Um, discover some new music. Discover some classic music out there that they haven't heard before. But expect that one to come out tomorrow. The article's done. I just got to just edit the thing and post some pictures of the record kind of looking nice. I'll do that tomorrow. Um, but until then, guys, thank you so much for checking this episode of the podcast out. If you like, if you enjoyed listening to me ramble on for an hour and 12 minutes about absolutely nothing, um, consider um, supporting the show on Patreon. Five bucks a month get you early access to every episode one day. And best way to support us is through that. You can also buy a t-shirt at our, at our Teespring store. And you can subscribe to the mailing list for Liberty Overdrive. I, I, I almost said live. Um, but we have not done a live episode in a while. Once I get better internet, we'll do some more live stuff. Um, I'll promise you guys that. Um, but yeah, libertyoverdrive.substack.com is where you can read all of my thoughts. Um, as always, links to the articles that I was discussing will be down below. I'll include an article where the Spotify CEO defends Joe Rogan. So you can go read that. Um, that's coming from a timcast.com. But, guys, thank you so much for checking this episode out. Um, Joe will be back here on Monday, so be here for that. Um, I really do appreciate the love and support that we get from this show. Even just a simple comment of, hey, that was a great episode, Jacob. Um, I'm not being sarcastic. I really do mean it. Um, you know, I, I, we don't, I don't do this podcast for, um, for the fame. I don't do this for... Um, I don't really even do this for myself. I do this trying to try to just honestly get the message of a liberty out there and to, and to wake some people up. I think that people are waking up all over the place, and I think we're on the track to something great. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I, I really do. I think I'm, I am sharing in the Michael Malice white pill optimism right now. I, I just I don't know why. I, I have a strong just feeling. Something I can't really describe, but I can only, I can only tell you about. And I'm just, I'm, I'm happy, optimistic. Life's great. Life's chaotic, but life's great. Um, I hope that your life is great, and I hope that you guys do something awesome this weekend. That's what I, that's what I always tell you guys to do. Um, just find the, find that, find that small one little victory that you can take over this weekend and accomplishment, accomplish it. I can't even speak. That means it's time for me to end this episode. All right, guys. I'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. And as always, thank you for listening. See you guys.